Broadcasting from Terrio Studios in Glendale, California, it's time for Epic Real Estate Investing with Matt Terrio. Yeah! Hello! Hello and welcome. Welcome to another episode of Epic Real Estate Investing. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. Glad you're here. Glad you found us. If this is not your first time, welcome back. I'm glad that you're here as well. Equally glad. You know, this is the place where I teach people how to escape the rat race by investing in real estate. And if I were to do this all over again, I'd do it exactly the same way. I'd do it exactly the same way whether I had money and credit to work with or not. You see, while I was finding my way, I I stumbled upon these 12 different strategies of investing in real estate with little to no money. And in hindsight, I think, you know, by being forced to invest that way, I believe that made me a better investor and I want to make you a better investor as well. So what I did is I put the first two strategies, the two of which I believe are the easiest and the fastest strategies to a paycheck. I've put them into a free course just for you and you can access that free course at freerealestateinvestingcourse.com. See, I like to keep it simple here. No fancy domain names, nothing tricky, just freerealestateinvestingcourse.com. And if you're afraid you won't remember that by the time you get in front of a computer, go ahead and text free course to 55678. Free course, that's all one word. Text that from your smartphone to 55678 and boom, you can get the course right there on your phone right now. Alrighty. So today's show, uh, actually inspired by our last Grub and Grow Rich event here in Long Beach uh, last week or I don't know, about, about 10 days ago or so. And the next event, actually, for on, on our schedule, by the way, is for uh, Friday, October 17th, and that will be in Atlanta, Georgia. Yes, we're traveling outside of California. We're taking Grub and Grow Rich across the nation. <laughs> no, not really. It's not going to be a giant tour, but uh, we are going to happen to be in town that weekend, so we thought, why not? Let's do it. And if you're convenient to that location, you can get all the details for that event at grubandgrowrich.com. And uh, also, please don't send me emails asking me what time does it start or where in Atlanta. Just go to grubandgrowrich.com. All the details are right there at grubandgrowrich.com. And it's, it's amazing that I received those emails. What time does it start? Well, did you go to grubandgrowrich.com? Because the starting time is right there. All righty. So if you plan on going, please Register and reserve your seat as soon as you know that you will be attending your early registrations. They make it so much easier on my team. You know, throwing events and and coordinating this type of stuff isn't our primary business. It's not what we do. So doing it all at the last minute and running around and hustling, it's kind of, you know, it's not fun. And uh, we have a lot of fun at the events. And uh, kind of the bummer part is making all the the reservations and the and getting the accommodation squared away. So if we can do that in advance and we don't have to do it at the last minute, like with our, you know, with our hair on fire, our chickens with our, our heads cut off, that would be greatly appreciated. So your early registrations make it so much easier on the team and they are greatly appreciated. <laughs> Having said that, I think I've said that more than once on this show. And, and it seems like uh, this last week in Long Beach, half the people there did register uh, within the 48 hours just before the event started. Anyway. It's all, it all turned out good and I'm not complaining. It was awesome. So anyway, this past uh, event in Long Beach, I primarily talked about how to virtually uh, eliminate risk from your real estate investing, how we've been able to do that here with our own portfolio and how we're doing that with our cash flow savvy clients and, you know, just how to eliminate the risk. 
And that was the essence of the presentation. And then we revealed our new hot properties page at cashflowsavvy.com. You know, we've been throwing some fuel on the marketing fire lately. I've been practicing what I preach here. You know, the market is shifting and we're going straight to the source now. We're still getting properties from from our, our previous sources, but we need to get more. And uh, we are going straight to the source. So we're, we're doing some direct marketing, a lot of direct marketing, a lot of in-house marketing. We've ramped that up. We even hired a new person just recently to to help us out with that. And and what this has done, it's created this nice little influx of deals here in the office. And I know Fernando has been very busy in sorting through those and picking out the best deals for our clients and throwing back the rest, all the bummer deals. And in fact, you know, I actually had to hire some help to sort through the deals for, for Fernando and to help Mercedes match these deals up with our clients. So we do welcome Mr. Brian Elthart to the Epic family. He just got started a couple weeks ago. Brilliant guy. And and I'm sure I'll have him here on the show at some point in the very near future. But uh, in a nutshell, we're getting a lot of great deals right now. And Fernando, I think he just posted the the three hottest deals of this past week on Cashflow Savvy. And so you can go to the Hot Properties tab to view those. And I think this is going to be a normal practice of his, just the way it's going. He'll be updating that page, keeping it fresh at least once a month. I mean, I can only imagine it would be more frequent, though, than than that, considering the amount of deals we are receiving. So, you know, go, keep your uh, check in there every once in a while at cashflowsavvy.com and click on the Hot Properties tab. And there you go. So um, let's see what else. Also at the Long Beach event, we revealed our new acquisition assistance program at Cashflow Savvy. I haven't talked about that here yet. You know, and that got a very strong and, and warm reception, more than I was expecting. You know, basically our, our new acquisition assistance program, it's basically what it says it is. It's a, it's a very friendly, short-term seller financing program. No banks involved, no credit checks, no hassles, just very simple, very easy. As long as you can come up with a down payment, you're essentially approved. So it's very simple. Um, the purpose of this program is to do exactly what it says, to assist you in acquiring cash flowing property, to help you get started or to help you restart getting started or restart building your portfolio if you've hit a, a little sluggish moment or stall in, in your, your wealth creation phase. So um, that's what that's for. And Mercedes, she actually thinks of it as layaway for real estate. But but what's different about our layaway program and the traditional layaway program is, I don't know, do they even have layaway anymore? That's like when you used to go into a department store and you, and you saw this really pretty jacket and you're like, I want that jacket, but I don't have the $100 for the jacket. So can I put $50 on it now? And I make payments over the next two weeks, three weeks while I get when I get my paycheck. That's what layaway is. I haven't, I haven't actually heard that term in a very long time. I don't know if they do still have it. Anyway, Mercedes is calling this layaway for real estate. But what's different about our layaway program is that, you know, you actually get to own the property uh, before you pay it off. So you get to cash flow while it is on layaway. See, with that jacket at the department store, you didn't actually get to wear the jacket until you made the final payment. But with this, with our program, is you can actually uh, experience the cash flow from that real estate while it's on layaway. Oh, and I was actually inspired a few weeks ago by some late night TV, as it was just before football season. We're well into it now, but this was several weeks ago, and it seemed at that night uh, all the commercials for for TVs they just seemed to be running a little bit more frequently. I guess for football season, and and I saw an ad for this company out here in Southern California. I'm not sure if they're national. They may be, but uh, I've grown up. It's been a household name here in Southern California, Paul's TV. And 
and they were running an ad for 18 months, same as cash financing for a few of their featured TVs. And I thought, how cool would it be to have 18 months, same as cash for real estate? That would be so cool. No one's ever done that before. And so I slept on it and I woke up and I was still just as excited about it in the morning as I was when I went to sleep. And and so I came in and I said, team, gather around. I got an idea. I ran it by them and everyone gave it a thumbs up. So a part of our acquisition assistance program over at cashflowsavvy.com includes 18 months same as cash. I didn't change a thing. Just 18 months same as cash. We're going to be just like Paul's TV. Um, so what that means with, with in our context with the real estate, if you pay off the property within 18 months, all of your interest payments are refunded or, or more I guess more accurately stated, but all of your interest payments will be applied to the sales price of the property. So essentially, it's a it's a principal-only loan if paid off within 18 months. So that was received well at Grub and Grow Rich. A lot of excitement around that. And if that program makes sense for you and, and your situation, all the details can be found at cashflowsavvy.com. And then just click right there on the Hot Properties tab. Alrighty. So at the end of my presentation that night, I opened it up for questions and, you know, I got a lot of questions. They seem to be pretty much the, the usual questions that I get. Some about the, the presentation of eliminating your risk and, and how to do that within their own portfolio and and some on people's individual deals that they were working on. So we ran through some scenarios and possible solutions for them. And, and then some were on building cash flow. And, and so we ran down a bunch of examples there. And, and then a lot of questions on actually marketing and finding deals. So that the market has shifted. We've been talking about that. It's been a recurring theme here. It keeps coming up. And uh, a lot of people are looking for new ways to find deals. And and so the, we answered a lot of questions about that. And then uh, someone asked me a question that I I routinely get this question. And they, they, they asked the question, if I were to start all over and I actually had no money to start with, not even money for marketing, that was the caveat that they put on it. So I, how would I do it if I were to start over? And, you know, my answer when asked this question, it's never changed. And so I didn't think much of it, but it seemed to really resonate with the audience, you know, and, and as I was talking to people after everything was over and we were just kind of networking and having drinks and snacks and um, that was, seemed to be everyone's favorite part, at least the, the several people that I talked to. And then Fernando came up to me at the end of the night and said, Matt, you... That thing about the how you shared how you'd start over again, you've got to share that on the podcast Monday. And and the the um that that last question that you answered, that really struck a chord with the people, with the people. And I was like, really? Because I was a little bit confused because I was like, I don't understand why. I mean, I teach it in the academy, it's nothing new. I've talked about it before and and I've certainly talked about it on the podcast many times. And and Fernando just said, I don't know what you said tonight, but it was different. And he, he kind of went on to elaborate that, you know, when I have talked about it, it's been pretty much as a, uh, oh, by the way type conversation, not really a focused portion of, of whatever that subject was. It was just kind of, a, oh, you can also do this. And uh, I was like, eh, okay, well, maybe you're right. And But he didn't say maybe I'm right. He said that he, he flat out insisted. And, and so here we are dedicating a show to just this one question and specifically my answer to that question. All righty, so here we are. <laughs> if I were to start over from scratch with no money or credit, including no money for roadside signs, no money for yellow letters and postage and nothing, couldn't print postcards, nothing like that. Like I literally had no money. How would I do it? So here's how. 
And this is actually how I did get started. So it's kind of the only, I guess it's what I would revert or revert to, resort to, <laughs> what I would go back and do. I'm loss of words right now. But um, so this is how I do it. I, as I think I've shared here, I've, I've gotten my first, I got my first deal uh, within 60 days of taking my first real estate investing course. When I was making that transition from real estate agent to real estate investor, I took a course and, and I got my first deal within 60 days. But I also shared with you, I didn't get my second deal for like eight months later. So that was a long period. I mean, after eight months of no deal, the money I had made on my first deal, that was long gone. So, but I I was still determined I'm going to be a real estate investor. And so I really did have no money when I got started. And all I could think of was, and I had the kind of had this concept from being a real estate agent is uh, I think our, our store, not our store manager, our, um, our office manager, he would say, you know, as a new agent, your fastest path to a paycheck is to get in between a buyer and seller. And holding open house was kind of the thing at that time that that's how it was. uh, The newer agents did get in between buyers and sellers. And if you get in between the buyer and seller, you match them up and boom, that spits out a commission if you do it right. So that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, I need to get in between a buyer and a seller. And so I I'm a wholesaler. That's what I do. And that's, you know, that's what we do. We get into between buyers and sellers. So what I need to do is I need to find deals and I need to find buyers. So that was my focus. Let's just break it down to the most simple way we can put it. Let's get all this other stuff, all the the, the subject to and lease option and all and multifamily, all this stuff out of my head. Let's just focus on finding deals and finding buyers. And then let's get in between and try and make a match. That was my focus. So first... I felt I needed to find buyers. I felt like it didn't make much sense for me to go out and find the deals if I didn't have anyone to buy them, of which I now know was was actually the backwards way to do it. It is counterintuitive, and I've talked about that many times. If you find the deals first, you will find the buyers with no problem, or the money will find you to buy those deals. Um, so I know I should have looked at, at deals first now in hindsight. I mean, it would have been so much easier. See, I... I don't say that just because it's theory. I do it because I, I share that with you and I enforce it and I pound it and pound it and pound that, that point home because that's what I lived. That's what worked. And when I started looking for the deals first, th- this business got so much easier. Anyway, I didn't know any better. So I looked for buyers first and I looked for them at all sorts of networking groups. I attended a lot of real estate groups, just like I tell you to do. I went to all the RIA meetings and Then I went to meetup.com and looked up all of the different real estate groups. I looked up all the different entrepreneur groups. Um, I went to hiking groups and and wine tasting groups, everything that I was interested in. And, uh, you know, I met a very good, one of my best friends actually at this law of attraction networking group. And so that was when the secret was really, was really hot and popular, that movie, The Secret. But I also attended chamber of commerce meetings, Toastmaster meetings. I mean, any sort of of after work type mixers that I could find. And I would just mingle. I would just go in and I would talk to people, mostly small talk. And and I read that book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, and, and kind of came away with that book that if you want people to be interested in you, you must first be interested in them. And you do that in two ways. One, first way is you ask a lot of questions. <laughs> and the second thing is you listen to the answers. That's how you, you actually show interest in people and how they eventually become interested in you. So 
I would go to these events. I'd ask a lot of questions about what they do and how long they've done it. How did they get into it? Do they like it? Do they live nearby? What's their family like? What do they do on vacation? What gets them up in the morning? I just kept on asking questions until they asked me what I did. And I had a stock answer. Uh, it was called the, the audio business card. I, I had learned this um, from one of my real estate mentors. And it's a statement that's kind of, it's structured in a way to just uh, attract the right people to you. So I had this stock answer and my answer was always the same. It was when they asked me what I did, I show busy people how to put together a cash flowing real estate portfolio so they don't have to work so hard. That was my answer. I show busy people how to put together a cash flowing real estate portfolio so they don't have to work so hard. So if I'm at all these networking groups, a lot of these people are busy people, right? So I show busy people, ah, coincidence, <laughs> how to put together a cash flowing real estate portfolio so that they don't have to work so hard. A lot of these people that I was talking to were working really hard. So that's why that was crafted just that way. And then there was a lot of interest, sometimes, sometimes not, of like, what's a cash flowing real estate portfolio? So that was for a lot of the markets or a lot of the crowds that I was in, that was kind of a uh, an intriguing term. And so then I would just listen after I said that. And sometimes they were interested and sometimes they weren't. And if they were, then we'd get into a conversation. Well, what's a cash flow and real estate portfolio? And I'd explain to them how that works. And and he would go back and forth and maybe that would kind of die out and steer, go into a different direction. I would just leave it alone. But a lot of times it was like, well, tell me more. How does that work? And and I would just kind of stop like, wow, it sounds like you have a lot of questions about this. Um, you know, I, I don't... Uh, let me, let me ask you, would you be open to a 10% return on your money? So I would just stop the conversation. That would be my question. Would you be open to a 10% return on your money? And I'd do it real like, like, gosh, I didn't think you'd be interested in this. Would you really be open to such a thing? And that's, that's how I, I broke the ice and got people into to the conversation. And, and they would, the answer was typically, yeah, well, no, duh, who wouldn't, right? 10% today is phenomenal. 10% back then was phenomenal. That was what, eight, nine years ago. And they would say, well, yeah, who wouldn't? And I'd be like, uh, well, how much would you have available for that type of investment? That's what I would ask. Real confused, like still, I can't believe this person is interested in what I have to say. That was my disposition. Well, gosh, I mean, how much would you have available for that type of investment? And they would tell me, oh, you know, I've got 50,000, I just don't know what to do with it. I've got 100,000, I just don't know what to do with it. Heard that over and over and over again. And at that point, I would say, well, you know, I'm working on some things right now. And, and when it all comes together, I don't know, would it make sense for us to have a cup of coffee so I could share the details with you? That's what I would say. And they'd all say, yeah, of course, call me. They'd give me their card, and then I would write on the back of that card, I'd write 10%, whatever percentage I had said in that conversation. And I, that's how I built my first buyer's list. I would do it just that way. My whole thing was just to get their card, to, to, uh, to pique their interest, to get their card, and get permission to call them when I had that opportunity come available. Now, in the beginning, I had nothing. So that was I was actually being very direct and straight with them. I'm working on some things, but I don't have anything right now. But when I do, would it make sense for me to call you and get together to discuss? Those are very key words right there, by the way. Would it make sense for blah, 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 blah? 
would it make sense for me to call you? Would it make sense for us to get together? Okay, it's called a release statement, by the way. It's it's actually, um, I think that came from my neuro-linguistic programming training. Um, one of those trainings, I forget which one, where it came from, but it works like magic. Would it make sense for, what that is, it's a release statement. And it gives, you're not going to get a real yes from anybody unless you give them the ability to actually say no and to say no comfortably. So that's what would it make sense does. That's what that does at the beginning of your of your question. Would it make sense to, is that you're going to get a real yes. But of course, it's very easy to say, no, that wouldn't make sense at all, right? So you get a true yes when you gave them the ability to say no. So anyway, that's what I do. Would it make sense for us to get together and have coffee and I'll run over the details with you? Well, yeah, of course, here's my card. And I'd write the... the 10% on the back of the card and I put it in my pocket. And that's how I built my buyer's list. All right, so now I've got my buyers going. And simultaneously, you know, I, I would start, I had to go look for deals, right? So after I had a few people that said yes, I, I had to go find these deals to match them up with. And what I noticed was at the, at the RIA meetings, I saw an opportunity. At every RIA meeting that I think I've ever been to, with only a few exceptions, they always have a needs and wants uh, section at the beginning where... Uh, people could get up in front of the room with the microphone to share their deals. And they would talk about, this is what I'm looking for, or this is what I have. And, you know, those were people mostly had that had deals. And they would stand up their property flyers, and they'd say, I've got this three-bedroom, two-bath house over on Main Street in Flower. It's uh, after repair value is $100,000. It needs $10,000 of of rehab work, and I've got it on sale for $60,000. That would be the typical pitch. And I'm like, these guys have deals. And that seemed like good deals. In fact, it seemed like that deal right there might match with one of the buyers that I met. And so I went up to those people afterwards. I remember the first person I went up to, I said, uh, hey, if I could match your deal up with one of my buyers, would there be a, a finder's fee available? And they, they said, well, yeah, of course. In fact, we have that built right into our system and we pay this and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, great. So I went around and I asked every person that night at that first meeting that was stood up in front of the room and they all said yes. Then I asked, would you mind if I took the information from your property flyer and made my own property flyer with it, with my own information? So I, I, my idea was, can I put my company logo on there? Can I put my f- name? Can I put my phone number, my website, my email? Can I do all that? And they all said, sure, no problem. So I, so I did. <laughs> and so I did two things with that. Once I got that permission from them, I knew I was going to get paid something. And I knew I had the, the, their permission to market their property. I went and made flyers. And I did exactly that. I had a standard flyer. So I had my little branding in place. So all my flyers looked exactly the same. I just swapped out the pictures and I put on a few, put a few bullet points in. And I started going to every single real estate meeting that I could find. And I started going beyond my city. I started traveling. And each time they would do their needs and wants section, I would stand up in front of the room and I shared their deal. And I kept it really, really simple. I was focused on what was in it for the investor, just the bullet points. You know, it's a three-bed, two-bath house in a nice school district built in 1975. It's got, uh, after repair value is 100 grand. I've got it on kind of contract for 60. It only needs 10 grand of rehab. There's 30 grand of equity in this deal. 
That's what I would talk. I would talk about. I'd make sure that I ended with there's $30,000 of equity in this deal. And then I would close that with a call to action. So it sounds something like this. And so there's 30 grand of equity conservatively in this deal. If you want more information on this, meet me in the back of the room and I'll give you a flyer with all of the details. I ended with a call to action. So that way, it was so much more efficient. I didn't have to go around from person to person to talk and and, and meet with everybody and, and share this deal, or <clears throat> share all the, the um, details from the deal. I would just say, meet me in the back of the room. So at the end of the night, I'm just standing there at the back of the room with a handful of flyers. And then... I would be surrounded by maybe, I don't know, a half a dozen people at least, and sometimes 10, 12. Like I was holding court and I got to talk about the deal to all of the people in the room that were specifically interested in what I had to say. And I only had to say it once, handed out the flyers. And that's what I did. So that was the first thing that I did. And the second thing I did was I started to call all of those business cards that I had been collecting while I was networking and while I was continuing to do and I made coffee appointments. And at these appointments, I shared my property flyers with uh, the, those people. I shared these other deal, these other people's deals with the people that I had met. And I think the very first time I did that coffee appointment, that person, he didn't buy right there, but he did eventually buy that first person. And I made $3,500. I remember specifically, I made $3,500. And so I did those two things and I just did it over and over again. And that's exactly how I started wholesaling. That's how I became a wholesaler. Like I wasn't even marketing directly to uh, the, the way that we do now, directly to sellers. I just got someone else's deals and found buyers. But here was the magic. Okay, so that put some money in my pocket. It put some money in my pocket pretty quickly. And it was a consistent flow. But I noticed something else that kind of happened. It did seem like magic. It inadvertently happened. You see, I started to get recognized in a very short period of time. I started to get recognized as a player within the real estate community and, and my market. I mean, people saw me as someone that was in the mix and doing deals and that guy's always got deals and that guy's always hustling and he's, and he's always active. And what that did was it attracted bigger opportunities my way. I mean, through just a, a couple degrees of separation because of that activity that I was doing, a distressed investor found me and another wholesaler to dispose of I don't know, 30-something of his cash-flowing properties in Illinois. And then I got a solid connection at a bank, right right when the, the short sales were, were so abundant. That was like a key, key relationship. That was something that everybody was trying to do. Everybody was trying to penetrate the banks and, and get to be friends with the, the people there that were in charge of the properties. And, and I got that just because I was out there hustling. I was out there doing deals. And, and then I met with people or met some people that had some money, a good chunk of money and they just didn't know what to do with it. And they's like, we see you everywhere. You seem to know what you're doing. Can you help us out? And those types of um, experiences, they just happened over and over and over and just kept on growing. You know, the other night, Fernando and I went to uh, one of these real estate meetings. Um, I have, don't, haven't been to one in a long time. They haven't changed, by the way. <laughs> um, I went there and it was exactly how it was when I used to go all the time. And... I went and they had a needs and wants section at the beginning of the meeting. And there were probably, I don't know, a half dozen wholesalers that got up in front of the room and they shared their deals. And and I was just watching. I was like, oh, these guys are just, they're right on the verge. They've got a deal, but I can tell that there's no act. 
activity in the room after they're done talking. And what they really needed to do was, and, and I'll share this with you, is they, you got to get to the point. If you sit there and just ramble and you talk about, you know, the new tile that was just installed and the new roof, and then you talk about um, it's in a nice neighborhood, it's got great curb appeal, like all the boring stuff, all the stuff that like a real estate agent would talk about. You're going you're gonna to lose your crowd. You got to get to the point. You got to get to the point and you got to talk about the numbers. You got to talk about how they're going to make money. What's in it for your buyer? You know, if it's going to cash flow $300 a month, you need to say cash flow is $300 a month. If it's going to cash flow at a 12% cash on cash return, you need to say it cash flow is a 12% cash on cash return. Or if there's $30,000 of equity in the deal, you need to talk about the money. You need to talk about what's in it for them. That'll get the ears perked up. You don't need to say too much more than that. You've got the flyer that has all that other stuff on there. And then, so you get to the point, you talk about the money, what's in it for them, and then the call to action. Meet me in the back of the room and I'll give you the rest of the details. So you got their interest peaked. They're going to come back and they're going to talk to you and now you can represent it to just the people that are actually interested. Rather than a room of 100, you get to talk to the 12 people that are in the room of 100 that want the information about your deal. And boom, you just start creating relationships. Now you got all these relationships going and it's and now your business starts to happen. And so the, the, no one really did that at this meeting. And oh, the other thing is when you get up in front of the room, especially if you're not used to getting in front of the room with the microphone and you're a little nervous, uh, just remember to speak clearly and speak slowly. A lot of people get up there and they mumble or they don't hold the microphone up to their mouth or they speak so fast because they're so nervous. Don't do that, okay? Just go up there and speak clearly and speak slowly. And you can go up there and feel like, I have a three-bedroom, two-bath house. That's what it might feel like if, you, if, you, if, I, um, if you're going to go up there and you're going to try and talk slowly. It might feel like that, but you're really just talking normal if you heard yourself, okay? So almost feel like you're exaggerating a little bit on, on, on being slow and clear. Actually, the room will really, really appreciate it. You might feel a little weird and awkward, but I promise you, you don't, you don't sound as weird and awkward as you feel like you sound, okay? So speak clearly and speak slowly and be direct with your call to action and make sure that you get to the point through that whole thing and talk about the money, what's in it for the investor, okay? So we, we just saw this happen and I was like, well, I could have given those guys a little coaching. And, and what that did is it just kind of caused me to, to wander off down memory lane. <laughs> to, I remember that time when I used to do that all the time to, to see what that simple practice of just getting in between buyers and sellers had snowballed into. I mean, here I was, you know, we, we've got this big thing going on now. And, and if I were to start all over again, that's exactly what I would do. That would still work today. I, I couldn't believe how those meetings have not changed one bit. In fact, I think I saw all the same people, or at least the same types of people. They, there's someone to fit in every role. And I was just thinking, sheesh, gosh, if I were to start all over again today, and I could just stand up there and say, I have a three-bedroom, two-bath house, seller financing available, 18 months, same as cash. I mean, how much would I have stood out from the rest of the crowd that night just by being able to say something like that? I mean, how that room would have responded. It would have been, it would have been kind of cool. I wish I, I would have done it. I wish I would have been prepared for that. Anyway, that's how I would do it. That's how it would start all over. It, it's very easy to do. You can do it in your spare time. It doesn't take a lot of time. It's an after-work activity. It might be once or twice a week. It's free, and it works. It works really well. I mean, and not only does it generate referral fees for you, it gets you in the game. It gets you out there playing the game of real estate. 
and by being in the game, all sorts of good fortune is attracted to you, directly and indirectly. So if you're, you're, you know, you're looking for a new practice or a strategy or a method to inject some spice into your business, give that a, sh- give that a shot. And by the way, for, I think Fernando's putting something together for the Epic Pro Academy members to allow them to actually represent our hot property deals. And we're going to put like a little template of a flyer there where you can put your name and your phone number and all that in there. Um, but don't wait for that. And we're going to put that together for the Epic Pro Academy members so they can do that and we'll pay them a referral fee. But, but don't wait for that. Do it yourself. I just explained to you step by step on how I did it and you can do the exact same thing. It is not rocket science by any means. Okay. So if, like I said, if you're looking for something new to some new thing to do to put, to get you to jumpstart your business, go ahead and give that a shot. Okay. Get out there, mix it up. That's what this new market, this shift is taking anyway. You got to get out there. Okay. It's no, you can't just sit behind the computer and, and analyze deals on, on different websites and, and pick the ones you want. That's not working anymore. Alrighty. So give that a shot. Alrighty, so that's it for today, and I will uh, see you Thursday for another episode of Third Degree Thursday. I'm Matt Terrio, living the dream. You've been listening to Epic Real Estate Investing, the world's foremost authority on separating the facts from the BS in real estate investing education. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to visit iTunes and share your thoughts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time here at Epic Real Estate Investing with Matt Terrio. Thank you.